Greetings. This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we're not going to get you rich. There's sleazeballs abound all over the internet, and we'll be happy to take your money to chase down that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. Godspeed, Mr. J. Swaw. Rob, what's going on, my man? How are you? How was your week? Week was great. Um, one in fantasy, which is huge for me, kind of my main focus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Week's going good. What's up with you? Not much, dude. Um, let's see. Saturday, uh, I went to a crab feast, and that was enjoyable. Our buddy uh, Nick Rabina was down in uh, Maryland. So we went out uh, on a boat and had some crabs. You, you call it a, it's titled a crab feast. It is a feast, crab feast. It's crab what we do down feast. here. Yeah, no, that sounds yeah. very, um, well, barbaric, but probably par for the yeah. course for guys like you. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so back when men were men. Uh, mm-hmm. Friday, I went to a, a housewarming party. My uh, my cousin's girlfriend had a housewarming party, and I ended up just staring at the TV. And then some other guy who was staring at the TV. Turns out he bets on sports, and we talked about betting on sports for an hour. So that was cool. I met you know no one else. And then uh, Sunday, I watched <laughs> Sunday <laughs> Sunday I uh, watched football for ten hours, which was very enjoyable. And then last night I watched the good old Redskins game at my dad's house and we just trolled the Redskins for about three hours. I actually didn't watch the second half. I went to bed. Um, but they look terrible as they always do. Monday night, I think they've won like two games on Monday Night Football in the last, let's say, 10 years. They've lost like 20. They're just an absolute joke of a franchise. I still don't understand how people consider themselves Redskins fans. But that's for another day. Um, so yeah, pretty much a standard weekend, pretty much standard weekend, but, uh, did pretty well, uh, NFL wise, I had, I had 11 total bets. Um, but and I was up just under four units. Um, the majority of those units was on one bet, which we'll talk about. It was a live bet, but, uh, a lot of kind of trade money back and forth. As I talked about last week on the show, I wasn't a real huge fan of the, uh, the card, as they call it, or the, the games of the week. But as the week goes on, I you know, do some research, see the line moves, listen to certain podcasts, articles. Um, a really beneficial thing, and one of the reasons I moved back from Vegas to do this is so I could do fantasy sports like, and, and do season-long as well as daily fantasy. And listening to how those guys break down the games and how they make their lineups uh, really helps me and gives me another perspective than just my traditional betting on the the you know the teams, if you will. So I think that helped me, and we'll talk about that with some of the bets. Uh, as far as college, uh, I only had two bets. One was the pregame bet I gave out on here, uh, Georgia minus 13.5. It closed Georgia minus 17, I think. So I consider that a good bet, even though it didn't win. I did take Georgia second half uh, for uh, two units. I had minus 7.5 up. Posted that on Twitter.com. So if you're not following, you should be. And so that one hit, which is nice. So I was up uh, just under a unit. So I'm positive on the year now. I'm up 0.7 units, up 0.7 units. And then for the NFL, like I said, I was up just under four units. So I'm up just shy of nine units on the year. Um, Just a reminder, a good year in the NFL uh, for me, like I should say an average year for the NFL for me is 12 units. 
So the fact that I'm at nine now doesn't mean, oh man, you know, now, you know, I'm just completely on fire this year, completely, you know, everything I bet you should just put double the amount you, you'd be on. That, that's not it at all. And we'll talk about one of the bets I had and, and how it was big leverage. Essentially, it was a three-unit play. So that obviously could have me um, easily at three units up on the air right now. So, uh, you know, I, I, if I can get to 20, 25 this year, I think that's a, that's a great goal. But we're not going to just go crazy because I'm up to a pretty pretty solid start. Uh, to review some of those bets, I had I had some over-unders I, I posted. I had a couple I want to bitch and moan about. So I'm going to vent to you, Rob. That's, that's kind of why I have this podcast, just so I can yell at you and vent. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> I had the Seahawks uh, Saints first half under 22, and there was a defensive touchdown and a punt return for a touchdown in the first half. So both of those are unlikely events, and they both occurred, which is double great, except for me. You deserve uh, it. Thank you. And so I, I let off some some f bombs on that one. And then uh, the other one I want to talk about was uh, Patriots Jets. So I had the the second half under on that. The, the pats were up, I think three or maybe, maybe, maybe three touchdowns and a field goal. Jets just looked terrible in the first half. Uh, so I took the second half under knowing the Patriots kind of just won. I milked the clock. The jets didn't know what the hell they were doing and the Patriots muffed the punt. So we're talking about the Patriots, most disciplined team in, in all of football, NFL, CFL, European football, college football, and their rookie fucking white boy punt returner muffs a punt and the Jets jump on it for a touchdown. So it's like, oh, okay, that sucks, you know, but I can live with that. And then the Patriots in the fourth quarter are like, you know, waxing the Jets. So they put their backup quarterback in, Jared Stedham, War Eagle, and he uh, fucking throws a pick six. So they're like midfield, he throws a pick six and the Jets pick it off and return it. So um, that was cool. So I, I had under 24, or excuse me, under 20, and there was 24 points scored, but only uh, only 10 was from the actual offense, which is cool. So the Jets had 105 yards of total offense, and they got 14 points. So that, that's fun. Um, but the big bet was um, the Cardinals-Panthers over, live over. Um, this is really, like I said, the cards I kind of picked as a team that I was going to be following all year. Like I said, you and I have a buddy who, who works for the Cardinals. Uh, I love what Kyler Murray is, is, you know, just in general and what they're trying to do with the, the air raid offense. Uh, but it's also because the fantasy players that I uh, – or fantasy content providers that I follow, we're talking about how the both the Panthers and the Cardinals are the highest-paced uh, offenses in football. So what that means is they uh, they play really, really fast. So, you know, in a minute span, they're going to get more plays off. And I was kind of waiting to see, make sure Kyler was kind of clicking early. And also the Panthers had their backup quarterback, who actually, as I said last week on this podcast, would be an upgrade over Cam Newton. I didn't think he would be as big of an upgrade. But um, once I saw they were both kind of in rhythm, I just took the over. Especially I saw how fast the snaps were going. Uh, but the Panthers have some electric offensive playmakers as well. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is my favorite player to watch in the league. Uh, DJ Moore, is, he a Terp, he's a, he's a great player. Uh, Curtis Samuel as well, but Kyle Allen looked great. And then what the Cardinals are doing, just high uh, up tempo, um, you know, playing fast. So actually, I, I bet them for two units at four forty-five point five points. And then about ten minutes later, I took them at forty-seven point five points, and that actually hit in the third quarter. And I think it, there was fifty-eight total points uh, scored. So it's good to see when you put a huge bet up there that when you win by that many points, especially in the NFL, we, it's super efficient. That that just makes you feel good that you're doing what you're doing. So 
uh, yeah, everything else was kind of, uh, you know, pretty, pretty solid betting. Uh, like I said, I post all, all my plays on, on Twitter and most of my leverage comes from live bets, uh, you know, later in the week bets. So we're going to go over games, but we're recording this on a Tuesday because Rob's busy tomorrow on Wednesday when we normally record, but so much changes during the week injuries, you know, just coaching decisions, blah, blah. blah. So you really should be trying to follow on Twitter and, and really not make your bets uh, too early, but obviously not too late either. You don't want the market to move too much. But it was a good week overall, um, but, you know, kind of not be result-oriented and in next play mentality, whether we have a great week or a terrible week, you know, we're on to the next one. So uh, anything stand out to you there, Rob? Yeah, what made you confident enough to put a bunch of units down on one game or is that a, a normal thing where you're like, yeah, just higher conviction here means more units. Right. It, it's just one of those things where it's, it goes back to the circle of competence thing. So um, I also really had a good feeling about the Chiefs. So I, I was looking to bet them all week. They were like six and a half uh, all week, and they kind of bounced back. I think they closed at four and a half, four some places. So I was looking to live bet the Chiefs, but there was never a scenario where – the opportunity kind of presented itself. So first of all, the chiefs got the ball first. So that means they didn't get the ball in the second half. That's something I don't like. I like when I bet on a team, them to get the ball in the second half. And then the Ravens went up six, nothing, which would normally be a good thing, but, but their offense is such where they, um, because they run so much and then there's also weather concerns. So it's one of those things where I really wanted to bet it, but the, the stars didn't align, but the Cardinals Panthers game, everything kind of, lined up how I wanted it. The Cardinals started out their first drive, had a really nice drive, but uh, their quarterback fumbled the ball like on the 30 or 25-yard line, so they didn't get any points. And then the Cardinals came out, and Kyler looked great. I mean, he was just sharp, you know, hitting hitting plays. And once he scored, once, you know, I, I essentially saw both offenses clicking early. And kind of as we talked about in the past, as a game, you know, one team takes a lead, things are going to open up even more. So I knew they were kind of playing slow. And I'm not saying playing slow, but they're playing more conservatively at first. But I could see the rhythm of both quarterbacks. And like I said, I thought Cam was a real hindrance to that offense last week or previous weeks. And if you remember, I had I had Panthers minus four against the Bucks. I bet them live. And he, like I said, he just looked awful in that game. So I, I thought there was going to be a huge jump up. So it's kind of just a stars aligned scenario. Everything I, you know, I had this pregame thing I was looking for, and then that scenario presented itself. So I just hammered it. I said, Kyler looks great. This backup quarterback looks great, who a lot of people I respect were said, hey, this guy is going to be better than Cam. So once you, once you get that, you know, because like I said, the NFL, this, these situations happen so infrequently, you have to capitalize. Now, usually I don't like doing more than a two-unit play, but I hit it twice and then the game went further. And about 10 minutes later, they weren't like putting up points on the board, but everything I saw I liked, so I put another unit on it. And then I just said, all right, we're going to just watch. I'm not putting any more money on it. We're just going to watch. And then they, they sailed over. So. Um, yeah, it's it just one of those things when, when that comes in your wheelhouse, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, drive the ball to the other, you know, to, to the, uh, to the gap, if you will, for you, for your baseball mind. Uh, but that, that won't happen often. That probably will happen maybe three to four more times the rest of the football season. Um, but like I said, when, when it kind of stars align and, you know, you get that ball, that, that softball down the plate, you gotta, you gotta hit it. Yeah, I would hope you'd you would uh, hit a home run, not a double, but I get it. The gap, yeah, no, the the gap in like uh, 
you know, over over the green monster. And that's what I'm. All about. right, gap. That's what they <laughs> always call home run. Is a is a gapper. Gap. <laughs> At least that home runs I hit. Yes. I don't yeah. Know. Right. Sounds like you don't hit a lot of home runs. So. Um, oh, weird. Yeah. Personal problem. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, moving on. <laughs> So this week, I kind of want to focus on the division markets. So like how the divisions have changed in the opening uh, three weeks. Uh, if there's anything we can capitalize on. Uh, also, just kind of reviewing the bets I had preseason on the bet, uh, um, divisions and any uh, conferences, futures bets, now that we're almost a quarter of a way through the season. Uh, so right now, the Patriots, essentially a two-horse race. We'll start with the AFC East. The Patriots look like gods. They, uh, they're minus 2,000 in most books. Preseason, they were about minus 400 in most places, so now they're minus 2,000. The only team with a chance is actually the also undefeated Bills. Uh, they're about 8-1 to one most places, but this is pretty much the Pats division. They do play this weekend in Buffalo. Uh, I will most likely be on the Bills unless something gets me off of them uh, at plus 7. I'm hoping to get at plus 7.5, as we talked about, 7 being a huge number. But, um, yeah, I'll definitely be on that. Check the Twitter for the, the bet when it comes through. Moving to the AFC North, I do remember I have that four to one bet on the Ravens. Uh, they are currently minus two fifty favorites, which is pretty pretty crazy swing for three weeks in. Essentially a two horse race with the Steelers and Bengals being 0, 0 and three. Uh, the Browns are one and two. Uh, some places they're just over two to one favorite. Uh, but this is a really interesting scenario because the Browns were a very popular public team, so a lot of sports books have. Um, liability on the Browns. So they're trying to protect themselves from that liability just in case the Browns kind of get their shit together. So there's actually one sports book where it's actually Chris that as this taping is minus 165, it has the Ravens at minus 165, where the other three books that I have access to that are posting division lines have them at minus 250. And they have the, the Browns at plus 180, whereas most other places have them like plus 225 or plus 240. So I'm actually going to take another piece of the Ravens here because they play this weekend in Baltimore, and I really like the spot for the Ravens. The Browns look terrible. Their coach is fucking terrible. Uh, they have a lot of talent, but he, he's just he's not a good coach. Our buddy who works for the Cardinals uh, told us when he met up with me last weekend told me how bad Kitchens was, and I knew he was pretty bad, but I didn't know he was that bad, and especially after our buddy kind of confirming that. Um, I, I was, you know, I really like this Ravens bet, so I, I am going to take that minus 165. I'm thinking it's going to be, if the Ravens win, they're going to have a two-game lead over the Browns and the tiebreaker, so they should be about a minus 500 um, favorite after this victory. Of course, if they do win, if they don't win, well then, you know, that, that's the game we play. Uh, moving on to the AFC South, we have the Texans are kind of the favorite by default. Um, I still have that Colts preseason bet when you know Andrew Luck was still an NFLer. I still think the Colts are the best team, most complete team in this division. I think Jacoby Brissett is not that bad. Uh, Texans have plenty of holes. They beat the Chargers this past weekend, but really the Chargers kind of beat themselves. I'm not going to put any bets on this, but the Texans are a minus 110, so essentially a one-to-one favorite. Preseason, they were about – a uh, just under a two to one favorite. Uh, Colts are trading right now at a two to one favorite. I still don't think that price is right yet, but it, you know I'm not going to add anything to it. I'm already entrenched kind of with the Colts there, but I, I still think the Colts are the best team. So if you don't have anything into it, you know I'd shop around and, and probably pull the trigger on that. I have to probably look at those schedules, but there might be a better, more optimal time to bet them. 
Uh, AFC West, if you remember my preseason of the AFC West, I, I had a pretty crazy amount on the Chiefs and then like a hedge amount with the Chargers because I essentially said I don't see a scenario in which the Broncos or the Raiders uh, compete. Well, the Raiders are 1-2 and two with their only win being over the Broncos, and the Broncos are 0-3. Uh, Chiefs are 3-0. and They look, uh, look like gods. Uh, they're the best team. They're better than the Patriots. They really are. Uh, last year, I was kind of slow to come around to the Chiefs, but uh, Patrick Mahomes is the fucking real deal. Andy Reid is, is kind of putting putting it all together, and uh, yeah, this is just this is a great team. So I'm just sitting pretty kind of with my bets right now with the Chiefs. They're most places about minus 700. The cheapest I found is minus 500, uh, but I've seen some places minus 1,000, and I, I got that preseason bet at like minus 125, so some really good value with that. Any of those bets uh, stand out to you, Rob? For, from the AFC side before we move to the glorious NFC. No, interested as to what you were going to do on that Colts thing. I uh, remember that pre-announcement that you had a bunch on them, but it sounds like we'll pl- kind of play that by ear and go with um, hedging by schedule if something comes up for you. Right, right. I, I'm not going to entertain anything. Um, I mean, essentially right now I could take the Texans because I, I had the Colts at uh, – plus 100 so even odds so i could take the texans right now and essentially hedge out on my bet unless the jaguars or titans win in which i'd obviously find a bridge somewhere but um i i really i would want better odds i i i think we're sitting pretty with the colts the texans beat us they beat us um the only other thing is i do have a two unit under on the texans which obviously got helped by them making all those trades and also andrew luck being hurt but um you know, hey, I got my, I'm really comfortable with them where they're at. Still, still a long season. I don't like their coaching staff. I don't like their franchise. In terms of like personnel wise, they don't have. They really don't even have a GM. So uh, I like the Colts a lot more. Frank Reich, he's a terp. Uh, they got just have depth across the board. Um, just yeah, I just like where we're at. It's a long season. All we need is one one event to to drastically shake things up. Where it's like Deshaun Watson gets hurt or, you know. Some, some other thing of that nature. Maybe they lose two games in a row they shouldn't lose, and then we can really capitalize on that. So, yeah, it's a good question. So uh, let's move to the glorious NFC East. Uh, so here's one where I blatant kind of hole in my in my handicapping. Uh, I had a buddy reach out to me, and I was actually thinking of this before he even reached out to me. But I, but the NFC East, uh, I, you know, I'm still a big believer in the Eagles, but it's also a, a reminder that this game isn't about picking winners necessarily or, or like, you know, boasting, Oh, I, I think the Eagles, they're, you know, they're the best team in the NFC. East. like, you should, you know, you should look at any other angles to bet anybody uh, because the, the Cowboys had the easiest three game schedule I've really ever seen. And that's something as a handicapper, I can research and see that, Oh wow. They have to play, you know, at home against the giants who are going to be dog shit. Oh, they have to go to the Redskins. Well, I'm pretty sure I scream every week about how bad the Redskins are. So I should be pretty aware that the Cowboys are probably going to win that game. And then they come home and play the Dolphins last week, who are obviously not attempting to win you know, football games this year. So you know, that's just something I need to you know, just be aware of. And yeah, I like the Eagles, but if you look at the Eagles' first three games, you know, they, they lost to the Falcons, a game which I liked the Falcons in that game. And then they lost this past weekend against the Lions. Um, the Eagles were favored, but still they were expected to lose. So that's something where, you know, you got to kind of check your ego a little bit. I, I knew the Giants and the Redskins weren't going to compete in this division. Um, I knew it was a two-horse race, and anytime you can get plus money on a team 
you know, that has the three easiest teams they're playing, you know, you got to look into that. So that's a little misstep by me. It's probably a little too late to hop on that. I'm still looking to bet the Eagles, if not for the division, but to win the conference later in the uh, in the season. That's just something, you know, hey, I, I'll share the, the successes I have. I'll also share the improvements I need to make, and that's definitely one of them. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that division as each week comes through. They're, the Cowboys now are about minus 200, whereas last week you can get them about uh, plus 100. So, you know, that, that's some value that, that uh, has changed pretty quickly. Moving to the NFC North, it's, it's a, still a three-horse three race. Uh, and really the lines don't look that bad. They're 2-0 and 1. So I really have no angles on here. I do think the Vikings have been the most impressive team so far. Uh, but Kirk Cousins is their quarterback, and he just can't win big games. Uh, the Packers are the, are the favorite. I mean, they're undefeated right now, but I think they're they're lucky to be undefeated. Uh, I think the Vikings game they they were up like twenty one three or something of that nature, and they barely hung on to win that game. They also really benefited last week against the Broncos. They had some turnover advantage, so that'll be a that'll be a race until week seventeen, I think, to win that division. Uh, and also, the Bears still have Mitchell Trubisky, who's just not a good quarterback. I know he looked good against the Redskins last night, but the Redskins are terrible. Uh, NFC South. Saints are still the favorite despite the Breeze injury. Uh, Falcons went from looking good to then they didn't look good in Indianapolis, had another key injury with their uh, safety. Uh, and then the Panthers went from dead to Kyle Allen, might be the greatest player of all time. Uh, but they're still about 500-1, to one, so 5-1. to one. Falcons are trading about 3-1, to 4-1 to one some places. And the Bucks, I mean, they just they missed like a 30-yard kick to beat the Giants this past weekend. So... Uh, I know our boy Liam, shout out to Liam, was happy about that, but uh, that's pretty embarrassing. Uh, and then finally, the NFC West, Rams uh, are the favorite. They're undefeated. The 49ers are undefeated as well. And the Seahawks are 2-1. and one. They really should have beaten the Saints. They just, let, like I said, my, my freaking under I had in the first half, they let a defensive touchdown in and they uh, special teams touchdown, but... I'm still not really sold on the Rams, but Sean McVay and, and Wade Phillips, the coaching staff there with the Rams, they might kind of guide them to another Super Bowl just because their advantage is, is so big. And I really want to talk about the Rams because uh, I had the Browns initially this past weekend pregame, and the market moved. So the market opened up where the Browns were a two-and-a-half-point underdog, and they closed with the Browns being like a four-and-a-half-point underdog. So I, do, I took the Browns pregame, watched the first half, you know, this is a Sunday night football, you know, at, in Cleveland. I'm a noted anti-Jared golfer, who's the quarterback for the Rams. And just watching that first half, I mean, the, just the coaching mismatch was was apparent. So I actually live bet the, the Rams to kind of get off my position. Um, but, I mean, coaching goes far. And there's so few good coaches in this league that that if you do have a really good coach, it, it, it really does separate you. And we talk about the parody in this league so much, but it, it really does separate you. Um, but, yeah, does anything in the NFC, whether it's that uh, Cowboys, uh, you know, faux pas I made or anything else stand out to you there, Rob? No, it's interesting. I feel like schedule is something that you're usually pretty good about bringing up. Um, and then that live bet on – Rams Browns interest in like I know you said you know you just watched it and you had a bias against golf at the beginning but you had like a, a coaching hunch or whatever that that uh caused you to hedge that I think that's interesting yeah and it was also respecting the market so the market moved that way uh in the preseason or pregame 
And then the market also for the second half moved. So the situation was the Browns got a, a fumble, I believe, with about 30 seconds left or so. That they recovered it in Rams territory, about 20 at the 20 yard line. They couldn't do anything with it, so they went up by a field goal. It, the market for the second half opened with the Rams minus three, so essentially like a pick 'em, and it moved like immediately to minus five. So, uh, once again, the market is just like screaming that, like, you know, coming in on the Rams. So, it's just seeing that. And then I didn't make that live bet until the first draft of the, of the second half. The Rams just like marched down the field. And second half adjustments, that's all coaching. Obviously, okay, like we always talked about where football is unique and that you have a week to prepare for these games and it's game plan specific, blah, blah, blah. And then once the cards are shown in the first half, you kind of go to the halftime and make more adjustments. So I had that. I had a teaser with the Browns plus 10 and I had the Browns plus three and a half. And I just, uh, I took the Rams minus four and a half, kind of just like sacrificing my Browns. It's kind of a really bad, <laughs> if you look at like the, uh, being a handicapper, essentially, because if it landed four, I would have lost both bets. But I, just from what I saw, I, I just wanted to get off the boat, if you will, as fast as possible. So I ended up winning my teaser and the bet I made. I did lose the pregame bet I had, but I had more on that live bet. But it's just from watching these games long enough. And like I said, I factored in what I, you know, kind of the inside sources that we have, uh, things that I've read about the coach what I've seen, what I'm seeing the market saying, I kind of put it all together and, and made that bet. And um, it, it panned out, but also the Browns got stuffed, you know, at, at like the ten, five or 10 yard line trying to score. So you don't want to be results oriented, but I'm happy I got off that bet. And, and you know, especially now we're moving towards the main part of the year. Um, we have more data, we have more answers to questions. Teams are starting to separate themselves, things of that nature. So, yeah. Um, without further ado, since we are taping on Tuesday, we do not have the super contest lines out. So I'm just going to kind of talk about each game briefly, uh, bef- since we don't have those lines. And, and if I were, if I had to make a play who I'd make a play on, but these are not bets. These are not bets. And like I said, I will maybe change an opinion or, or post my plays later in the week via Twitter. So go ahead and contact me on that or, or text me if you have any questions. But um, like I said, we're just going to run through each game. Before we get started with that, anything uh, uh, you want to add there, Rob? Or are you ready to talk some week four? Let's talk week four, dude. Give me that lock of the week. <laughs> All right, so the Thursday night game, uh, Eagles at Green Bay. Uh, I like a broken record here, but I'm going to be on the Eagles most likely. Uh, the look ahead line was three. Now it's at five for the Eagles. Eagles have a lot of injuries, so the, the Packers are favored by three. Or were, were projected to be favored by three. Now they're favored by five. Uh, Eagles off a loss. Excuse me, off two losses. Green Bay, they're three and zero, but they're they really shouldn't be three and zero. Sucks because Green Bay is at home. Thursday night games really benefit the home team. They've been at home for three straight weeks, but that's just a lot of points versus the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I most likely have a bet on them. I, I'm gonna let it creep. If it gets to six, that'd be great. But uh, as long as it's over four, four and a half. But if it's over four and a half, I'll definitely be on on the Eagles. Uh, then Carolina at Houston. Uh, like I said, I think Carolina is a, is better with Kyle Allen over Cam Newton as their uh, as their quarterback. So if I can get more than four, I, I, I'll probably be on Carolina. But I still want to read some more. I, I don't like taking the team on back to back road games. They were in Arizona last week. 
Um, might, might be a live bet special, but we'll see about that. Cleveland at Baltimore, seven points is a lot. So that's what Baltimore's favored by right now. It's a lot of points, but I really like the Ravens in the spot off a loss to, to win the game. Uh, like I said, the Ravens like to run the ball. Pretty much the Ravens and, and the, the Browns are pretty much the exact opposite. The Ravens are well-disciplined team. They don't have the best, you know, like elite talent, but they're really well-coached. Uh, Harbaugh is a really, really good coach, probably the second or third best coach in the league, whereas I talked about I don't think Freddie Kitchens. And Freddie Kitchens is probably bottom five, uh, not to mention a rookie coach. Uh, Browns have a lot of personalities. They, they get a lot of penalties. So instead of betting, you know, the seven or taking the money line, I am betting the Ravens to win the division. Even though I have four units or a bet for to win four units already on the Ravens, that's looking pretty good. But I'm looking to take the Ravens at m- minus one sixty five to win the division, and then next week, if and when the the you know God willing the Ravens win, take the Browns on the other side next week at, at probably about four or five to one to to kind of give me a little uh, insurance on there. Redskins play at the Giants. I want no part of this game, but if I was forced to take a side, I would take the Giants minus two and a half. Have I, uh, Rob? Have I told you that the uh, Redskins suck because they do? No, no, I thought you were you were hot on them. <laughs> now we know you're an Eagles fan, dude. It's cool. Yeah, diehard dude. I actually did hang out with some Eagles fans this weekend, and it, it felt weird because it was a team I grew up hating. But yeah, anyways, uh, Chargers at Miami. Uh, I have no clue how to bet this game. Like I said, once again, Miami not trying to win games, but um, sixteen and a half points. I don't like taking the Chargers. I don't like betting against the Chargers on the road because the Chargers, I don't know if you're aware of this, Rob, but they play in a soccer stadium in L.A. So they have like no – and not to mention they're, they're like a – you know, no, they don't have any real fans there. Uh, so they have like no home field advantage. So last year it was a really good spot to just bet them on the road because they, they essentially – it was like they played 16 road games. So, I, 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 yeah, there will be a time to bet Miami. I'm telling you that now. It, there will be a time, but it's just not yet. You got to kind of just wait for it. In fact, I did look at the schedule. They do play the Redskins in a couple weeks, and I think that might be that might be the spot. But uh, maybe the next game, <laughs> Oakland, <laughs> Oakland at Indianapolis. Uh, right now, Indianapolis is like six and a half. This is definitely a teaser possibility. Uh, tease that the Indy, Indianapolis down to six. I'm a big fan of, of Jacoby Percet and what Frank Wright's doing uh, with that offense. Like I said, he is a Terp. Uh, that defense is also really legit. They, they just have depth everywhere. They're just a very well-run organization. Now, I know their owner's a bit of a drunk, but like their actual football operations is, is uh, well-run. Uh, New England at Buffalo, I will most most likely, like 95%, be on Buffalo. I'm hoping it gets to 7.5 right now. It's at 7. Um, but New England just hasn't been tested at all. They're kind of notorious early in the season to, especially when they have this huge kind of cushion, they like will test out positions. They're kind of like treated as preseason. They're just like, oh yeah, let's move this guy outside linebacker. Let's see how he does in coverage, blah, blah, blah. Like they really, I mean, that's just what you have to do as a franchise that expects to play in January and, and quite often February. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Whereas Buffalo, I mean, this will be like their Super Bowl. I think this defense is his top five, maybe top three. And yeah, I mean, just it, it's going to be a raucous crowd. Uh, moving to Tennessee at Atlanta, uh, if I had to bet it, I'd take Atlanta minus three and a half. Uh, like I said, I still believe in Atlanta, but they got a lot of injuries now on defense, and I don't know. Quinn might be on the hot seat there, but we'll see. Tampa Bay at the Rams. Uh, right now, 
that's a 10 point spread. That's a lot of points. I'm, I'm probably going to strongly look at Tampa Bay plus 10 uh, on that game. Seattle at Arizona. I will look at the live over just as I did last week. Uh, if Kyler looks comfortable again, another thing is, is the Cardinals, they play in a, a dome stadium and this is something where a guy who I, I've, I followed a lot for uh, DFS for baseball uh, the stadiums and stadiums and really the, the weather obviously have a lot to do with the impact on scoring. Uh, you just controlled variables, you know, so there's less, there's less variance when the weather and, and, you know, and there's no wind, things of that nature is more predictable. So if Kyler's looking comfortable again and, and kind of Seattle is, is, uh, passing more, I mean, they, they traditionally have been more running the last couple of years, but they're throwing it more. I'll probably look to take the over, but it's not like a, it's gotta be a stars aligned type scenario again. Yeah. You know, you can't can't force those live bets. Uh, Minnesota at Chicago is right as of right now is two, two and a half some places for Chicago. I really like Minnesota, what I've seen here. I'm going to tease Minnesota up. This total, it's a low total. I think it's the second lowest total of the week, maybe the lowest total of the week. So it's 38, 38 and a half projected points uh, projected to be scored. So right now it's a two-point spread. If you can get Minnesota up to eight, I mean, that's just – that, that, that's a really, really good play. So I'm, I'm going to be fairly certain I'll be on Minnesota uh, up to eight there, teasing them up. Jacksonville at Denver. I'm going to be looking to bet Denver somehow in this game, somehow, some way. Denver has a top three home field advantage. They're 0-3 right now. Jacksonville looked great on national television last week on a Thursday night game, but they have that Jalen Ramsey controversy. Um yeah, it's just it's a spot. I don't know if I'm going to lay the three, but I'm going to somehow, some way, bet Denver. Uh, their defense, I still believe in their defense, even though, like I said, they're 0-3. Dallas at New Orleans. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater did not look good. Uh, I may tease up New Orleans, just at home, short uh, underdog. So Dallas is a two-and-a-half road favorite at New Orleans. But Teddy Bridger really does not look good. But Dallas also hasn't really been challenged. They're 3-0, so I might might look to tease them up. Like I said, I'll, I'll post that. And then the Monday night game is Cincinnati at uh, Pittsburgh. So good job, NFL. These are two 0-3 teams playing on national television. Uh, at least it's not the Redskins. Am I right? <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I'll probably look Cincinnati four and a half if it gets there again. Pittsburgh, just that they're done. Uh, they used to have all that talent with Antonio Brown and, and Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if you heard, but Antonio Brown does not play in the NFL anymore, Rob. It's kind of breaking news. This podcast letting it know. Um, but, yeah, that's huge. He just hangs out um, <laughs> hangs out with me, the co-working space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but you get Cincinnati here. They uh, – they're 0-3 as well. My football games usually get kind of the best efforts. They, they haven't looked terrible. They, they they fell down early to the Bills last week, and, and they make that a, a close game in the fourth before the, before the Bills pulled away. Uh, I just think also Pittsburgh's coach, Mike Tomlin, is not good, and he's like a rah-rah motivational coach. And, you know, that stuff's great when you have more talent, but now that they don't have talent, I mean, Roethlisberger's out, Bell's obviously gone, Brown's gone. They're just, it's just not the same. Uh, so I'll probably look to take them as well. But that's my early insights. Things will change as the week goes on. For college football, since it is Tuesday, I really haven't done that much research on it. I do have my Saturday um, booked to just watch college football all day long. So now that we're pretty much in full swing of most conferences, most major conferences are, are in conference play, 
uh, starting Friday night with the Penn State Maryland game. They're, they're actually in College Park this week. I don't know if I'm going to go to the game. I'm definitely going to tailgate. And then our Devils play Friday night. But I'm going to be watching a whole lot of college football this weekend. So I will definitely have some picks up later in the week and probably some definitely some live betting on Saturday as well. So thank goodness no no friends or family time this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I'm booked. So no one no one try to reach me. I've been thinking you need to cut that shit out and get focused. So that's good to hear. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's just once once conference play gets here, you just like I said, you get so much more data. Now we have pretty much four data points on each team, at least three. Uh, you know, we can kind of infer more from the data we have and, and make more connections. And college football goes are so quick. So you know, unless I have a wedding or something major to go to, like uh, yeah, once conference play gets here, it's pretty much all college football. So. It's going to be a fun couple uh, couple of months, and then basketball season starts. So, yeah, pretty much the next eight months. It's uh, not a lot of social time. I'm pretty pretty stoked. That's perfect, dude. That'll definitely be um, be good for you. Social growth. <laughs> social butterfly over here. Uh, but, yeah, is there anything else uh, you want to add, or we should uh, kind of close it out with that? Um, hit me with 30 seconds of baseball stuff. Baseball stuff? So we put the jinx on the Cubs. This uh, past week, they have lost six straight as of this taping. So <laughs> once you try to pull your Bartman shit uh, out in the Arizona game, which the Marlins is under is cash. So I had three over-unders. They all cashed this year. Twins over, Cubs under, and uh, Marlins under. And I have some futures on the Astros to win the AL, the Nationals to win the NL. And I think I have the A's and the Indians to win the AL as well. So... We'll talk about that, uh, I think, next week when the playoffs start. Uh, if the Nationals are going to have that playing game, I'm going to take off work, I think, and go. Actually, I don't know if I can because I'm taking money off shit. But <laughs> I'll give a test during that day and just watch it and tell the kids, don't fucking ask me a question. Put on National Geographic. <laughs> Not Geo. Shut the heck up, kids. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll see you and everybody else next week. Peace.